Hey, y'all. Welcome to another super awesome episode of Behind the Bar. My name is Chandler Phillips, and with me, as always, is my co-host, James Beery. And we got such a fun episode coming up on Was That in Good Taste this next week, the, or this past week, that uh, you know we decided to extend it a little bit with our Behind the Bar uh, cocktails. Um, this week, we feature, uh, what is it, Nika Single Grain coffee whiskey or coffee with a k co- no coffee. technically it's technically it's it's nika coffee single uh what is it grain whiskey yes there you go there you go um it's a japanese whiskey that uh comes from the hokkaido region of japan and is one of the oldest continuous distilleries or no it's uh the founder of it um who is uh masataka taksuru um is the founder of Japanese whiskey or the founder of whiskey production in Japan. And it's a super interesting, um, f- just the, the story to it, his story, uh, the whiskey itself is super dynamic. And so we're going to get into that a little bit. Um, the reason I picked this whiskey this week is because uh, we're talking about Godzilla versus King Kong. The <laughs> movie- <laughs> um, I'm not doing ape sounds. <laughs> That's probably for the best. Yeah. <clears throat> but so our featured cocktail, or before we get into that, uh, we'll, we'll, our featured cocktail is a uh, Japanese whiskey, Manhattan. Um, kind of tying in thematically, you know, you got King Kong who's climbing the Empire State Building in Manhattan. That's where that is. And then you also got. <laughs> uh, Godzilla, who's running amok in Tokyo, and it's that kind of fusion of the Japanese uh, Japanese whiskey in the Manhattan style. So before we get into looking at the actual cocktail, let's talk about the whiskey. I'm excited to do this. I'm super glad, because you're the one who suggested it, and I've been very hesitant to really hop into the uh, Japanese whiskey scene, because I've heard that they're a little pricey, a little expensive, you don't really get what you pay for. Which we might touch in when we get to our ratings. Well, this is our first Japanese whiskey that we featured yeah. on the show at all. We've had sips, but not really, we've never really indulged in a bottle. So, in the past, what have you tried as far as Japanese whiskeys uh, in I the past? I tried the Suntory. The Toki or the. Uh... Uh, I tried uh, the Toki and I also had the Habiki. Ooh, the, that's a really good I think it was the was it eighteen? The more the more expensive one. Oh, look at Mr. Money Bags it was over pretty here. Pretty good when I had it, but I don't remember it being anything special. And it's pretty pricey. It's like two hundred fucking dollars. It's pretty pricey. The Habiki, yeah, 18, yeah, 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 that one's up there. Yeah, the, it's pretty- the traditional just Habiki Harmony. Um, I believe retails for like around a hundred. I thought it was like hundred twelve, right? Yeah, yeah, something around there. The one we got today, like I said, is the uh, Nika Coffee Grain Whiskey. Um, the the reason it's called coffee, it has nothing to do with actual coffee grounds. No, 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 no. Uh, that might get some people excited, but it actually refers to a an Irish inventor and uh, patent and like uh, he he was a tax man at the time, <laughs> but. Uh, he developed a method of um, distillation that has become super popular in everywhere except Ireland, which yeah. I think is hilarious. He's an Irishman who was like, hey, guys, I figured something out. And they're like, yeah, go fuck yourself. And so he took his inventions to Scotland and to the Americas. Um, 
so the difference that I got real juiced about the the whiskey distillation history in this one. Um, so traditional Irish whiskey is done in a pot still where you have your your big pot and then your thumper and then your uh, condenser, which is where the um, where the alcohol comes out of. Uh, what uh, Aeneas Coffee did was he turned that whole system into one streamlined process with two columns. And basically, while you pump in your mash, about in the middle of one column, you have steam rising up from the bottom. Uh, it creates the, uh, what is it, the, uh, the, the vaporization of mm-hmm. ethanols and flavors in the middle. And then as those vapors travel up, it goes through different uh, strati of the column and then condense and then revaporize and then condense and then revaporize mm-hmm. and then condense again. Which, by the way, just in case, even if you don't know too much about it, to be simple, it goes up, it vaporizes up, but there's also weight to water vapor. Mm-hmm. So it'll, it'll, it'll reconstitute at different heights or a different, um, like, what did you call it again? Uh, different the, the strata. Different strata, because... I like the, to use the social, the, 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 the stuff, the social term. <laughs> the stuff that is heavier and make, has more, some, they will actually have more weight in the vapor, mm-hmm. which is a huge part of the process. Well, and so what comes out is usually a lighter, more ethanol-heavy, mm-hmm. but um, a, a lighter spirit with more ethanol that has less of those fusel alcohols because they're able to be strained out as you go up the so I'm uh, assuming column. the fusel alcohols probably reconstitute at the lower level. Exactly. They just kind of keep staying within that middle level, whereas the good stuff, the uh, the good spirits, keep traveling up and up and up. What I thought was super fucking interesting about this was um, the way you run your whiskey. Because what allows, or what this allows, is continuous runs where you can mm-hmm. keep adding batch after batch after batch after batch into this. And you don't have to keep, like, you don't have to distill it multiple times through. Like you would with a pot still, you have your one batch, you run it, it comes out the spout, it comes out a spirit. And then you have to run it again to get more and more ethanol concentrate while you get rid of all of the fusel alcohols and methanol and all that. This is just one continuous thing. And then you can um, eventually at the top, you pull out what you want from the from the top. Like you, So in whiskey making, you got your heads, your hearts, and your tails. The heads being the most intense, the hearts being like the the best balance of flavor to alcohol and then the tails being the most ethanol rich and they kind of burn a little bit, but you Mm -hmm. know, that's, it's the good shit. Um, with a pot still that's done via timing. So you fill up your first three jars or for the first hour of your run is, uh, your heads and then the next, whatever in a column still, what Aeneas coffee did was instead of, uh, making it time based, it was height based. He's a height supremacist. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of gravity based. It's gravity based. So you get your heads at the highest part of the column, the hearts at the like just below that, and then the tails usually near the the lower part where the um, the vapor condenses, and so you can get a real consistent flavor and i think that really comes through in this uh 
Nika whiskey. Um, little quick history about uh, Masataka. He was the first uh, Japanese whiskey industry professional. Um, mm-hmm. Grew up in a uh, sake uh, family. Oh, I'm running out of breath. I'm so I excited. Know, excited. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he grew up in a sake fermenting family. He studied fermentation and all that in um, a couple different universities in Japan. And then he decided to go check out whiskey making in Scotland. That's where he met his wife, Rita. Um, and he kind of brought, or he he really enjoyed the Scotland style and the Highland style and found a lot of similarities between the uh, Scottish, I guess, philosophy in whiskey making and the Japanese philosophy of sake uh, fermentation. And he was the first to bring that back. He worked for Suntory, um, helped develop the Yamazaki Distillery. Ooh. Oh, I had some. I think I, I've had some Yamazaki, the cheaper one. Oh, you lucky bastard! You had some Yamazaki. I had I, a friend of mine had a little bit of a party. This is like I think two years ago, and they had a little bit of the bottle left. But I wasn't oh. willing to whiskey at the time. Yes. See, I've I've had my heart set on trying some Yamazaki. I haven't tried it yet, and uh, it's like Yamazaki is the top tier scotch of japanese we're whiskey. gonna have to do that we're, we're gonna get there someday but until then we're still talking about nika um so after he did all of these things to help jumpstart pretty much japan's entrance into the whiskey game he then started his own distillery in hokkaido he did it for the purpose that it similar it was um it was similar to the highlands of uh scotland um you know, the arid kind of region, but it also had peat bogs. Mm-hmm. And so what you see in a lot of uh, similar Japanese whiskey is kind of a Scottish style that comes with that smokiness. Um, so we got our our shot of uh, of Nika um, coffee single or coffee grain whiskey right now. James, what'd you think of it? Uh, it's super good, and I just want to make sure that anybody, of course, if they're interested in the kind of knowledge that we're gaining as we're learning, the Complete Whiskey Guide, Robin Robinson. Not sponsored, but it's on Amazon Kindle for like 8 bucks, and the book is like 30 bucks or 40 bucks. Yo, the book is a great nice. coffee it's table It's gorgeous, book. and there's a lot of stuff that you get to learn a lot of stuff. I gold foil letters, lettering. It's so pretty. Freaking love it. It's, it's, but I also don't love it, so... Like, I, you know, 100%, again, when we take whiskey, we taste whiskey, we take three sips, uh, we try to get it into a narrow vessel. Um, again, you don't have to do this, but if you're interested in trying to taste things for the first time, you want to sip, sip, sip. You want to make sure you drink some water before, kind of see what it reminds you of. And for me, bourbon. It reminds me a lot of bourbon, sweet vanilla, uh, corn, you know, um, not particularly fruity to me. A little citrusy, but like nothing super heavy on the nose. Well, it didn't really specify what kind of grain goes into it, so it could very well be a corn single grain. I think it's totally corn, only because I've had. You don't have to know this if you're listening, but I I think it's corn. Um, it's interesting, very sweet, lots of vanilla. I get a whole lot of kind of butterscotch on the nose. So the uh, like you said, um, we do our our one sip, two sip, three sip. 
the way I like to break it down is kind of in acts. Mm-hmm. Like you got your first act one. Act one. Tangy, you haven't had anything to drink today. It's going to be a little sharp in your tongue. It's a little much. You're not acclimated to you add. Oh, and also it's a 90, uh, what is it? 90%? 90 proof. 90, or yeah. no, 90 proof. Oh, not, that's the higher gravity. That's the it's higher, a higher, gra- that's the higher gravity mm-hmm. from the, the process. Yes. Um, so you get a little bit of that ethanol bite to it, but it does taste very reminiscent of a bourbon. Um, however, I think on that first, it doesn't have the same kind of viscosity that you'd get from a bourbon. Like, it doesn't occupy too much weight on the tongue. Mm-hmm. It's light, it's kind of bouncy, but it has a similar kind of butterscotchy sweetness. Um, Which is interesting that you mentioned that because I, you know, you know, in the nose, I mentioned sweetness, I mentioned all those things, but in the taste on the palate, it's kind of sweet slightly citrusy but whole like very like fresh vanilla you know it doesn't coat your tongue too much it's not yeah. super heavy it reminds me a lot of the Kelbegan single grain which is an irish uh whiskey in the style of an american whiskey that is true that particular irish whiskey though done in a pot still is a uh corn single grain whiskey and then it's aged also in uh bourbon casks which this is also, by the way, is is also made in matured old casts that are refilled and remade and recharred, made from American oak. Oh shit! So that sounds pretty damn similar to a bourbon casking. Pretty much. Yeah. What I'm getting from this is kind of a little bit. It's like a bourbon that's a little bit lighter and a little bit more uh, complex, I guess, than like a typical. Uh, I guess. What would it be like your, your? I mean, it's more complex than an Evan Williams for sure. One hundred percent. Um, I'd probably even put it above Bullet. One hundred. It's interesting because it's not a bourbon, it's not an American whiskey, and it's not a Scotch. It's not Campfire, you know, from High West, which is a mixture of a rye, a bourbon, and a Scotch. God, I love that you know. Whiskey. It's not that. It's its own kind of thing. It's its own kind of thing where I think that. You know, it doesn't have a heavy body. It has a little bit of smoke, a, a moderate amount of peat that kind of builds as you drink more. It is an interesting, like, little note of peat that kind of comes chimes in in the second act, um, but it doesn't linger. And the thing about that is, you know, my my personal favorite cocktail whiskey is bourbon. American whiskey, yes. Uh, Irish whiskey is fine, but you, I like to make whiskey cocktails with bourbon it's sweet it can have a lot of corn in it a lot of vanilla so we made a traditional bourbon style cocktail in a manhattan which is uh what was it again the well we pulled this off of the nika website it's the perfect quote-unquote nika manhattan it features two ounces of nika coffee grain whiskey uh, half an ounce of sweet vermouth, half an ounce of dry vermouth, and just a couple of dashes of Angostura bitters. Ugh, dis- I'm sorry. It's so disgusting. I do not like Manhattans. You're, okay? uh, you're not a fan? This is why. That might be the Brooklyn in you. Ready for this? Just getting long over time. Okay? Straight. Hmm. We're going to hit 20 minutes today. You know why? Because I hate Manhattans. I don't like... Listen, I was telling somebody earlier today... Me and mayonnaise, not fans. I don't like mayonnaise. You don't I really fuck with mayonnaise. I do not like mayonnaise at all. However, mayonnaise tastes good. 
I just don't like it. Mayonnaise is a perfectly fine thing. It adds some sweetness, some tanginess. It can mellow some foods. I just don't like mayonnaise. I, I like don't mayonnaise want it near when me. it goes under the uh, pseudonym aioli. I don't even like aioli. You don't, don't like fuck it. with it aioli? Upsets, I, the thought of it upsets my stomach, but guess what? Hot damn. I understand that it's a good thing and it has its uses. Vermouth does not. It is so disgusting. I do not like vermouth. It's like putting cooking sherry into a cocktail. I'm sorry. That's it. I'm done. That's all you get. Nothing for you. Good day, sir. But I got the gold. <laughs> I, I kind of got to agree. Not with that same ferocity um this wasn't the best cocktail for me uh i think the driver mood you you mentioned it while we were trying it initially the driver mood kind of added too much of like a celery salt kind of flavor to something it. savory it was savory where i wanted something a little bit sweeter or at least a little bit spicier and granted the nika uh whiskey brought in that sweetness and the sweet vermouth i guess tried to help that that dry vermouth just kind of undercut all of it and it just it it was a bit briny it for was me. and by the way if anybody's curious the next time you get celery the little leaves on the top taste delicious garnish them use them in your food but eat that straight and imagine drinking that it's super savory kind of peppery and i don't mind that it just wasn't, drink. it wasn't what i was expecting and it wasn't yeah. really what i wanted out of this perfect uh Nika Manhattan. So what do we usually do when we're drinking, or we usually drink a cocktail during the episode. So what did we do? What, did, what is it that we drank when we recorded our so, episode? in order to call a call an audible for our Godzilla vs. King Kong episode, or um, I guess it's King Kong vs. Whatever the name of the new movie's coming out. Whoever wins. We decided to switch it up a little bit, and uh, we're going to be drinking uh, King Kong Brass Monkeys. Um, James was so gracious to go get some massive uh, glass steins for us to drink out of. I looked up a little recipe for a traditional brass monkey cocktail. Um, that's going to be one part uh, rum, one part vodka, and then the rest of it, orange and pineapple juice, and a bunch of ice. And so we're going to be chugging those down. <laughs> yeah, and... Uh, for that, by the way, just for you know, for us, that means it's a cup of hard liquor. It's um, just a cup of hard liquor. I know we cheated a little bit. <laughs> we we wanted to do one kind of liquor for the episode, which we like, and we still drink a lot of it. I really like this, whis- this whiskey. You I need don't a cocktail. Want- it's just not the best cocktail you for it. You need a cocktail for it. We have to wrap up. You know, this has been always awesome and super cool. But, like, I really think that if you want to know more about everything about King Kong, everything when no more about whiskey the complete what is it again the complete whiskey guide uh robin robinson yep um any kind of look up your whiskey there's google that stuff exists also check out our show notes because i made links to the nika website where you can learn more about the cocktails that they have and also the story of the founder of nika whiskey who again made whiskey a you're, thing you're in too excited i'm too stoked like this listen, this dude don't, brought don't, a culture don't let him, to- don't let him keep going <laughs> listen to this last week's episode of was that a good taste okay um i'm james berry i'm chandler this phillips. is chandler phillips um all the show notes are going to be down there all the social medias this guy this guy right here played the good whiskey oh i almost forgot uh mine is my for the whisk for the cocktail Zero out of zero cocktails, that's what it is. For the actual cocktail itself, I mean, for the, the whiskey. The whiskey? 3.8 out 
I really wish we could take back Nakazaki and Hiroshima's. <laughs> go, 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 go. Okay. For the cocktail, I'll give it a one because I'm sure it appeals to someone. Just I'm not just me. not that someone. Um, for the whiskey itself, I'm going to go ahead and give it a 3.5. Um, it's easy, it's drinkable, it's got some body, it's got some complexity, but I want something a little bit more it's unique. It's obviously high quality. It's approachable. But not it's, for $70. It's a little too approachable for the price that it's at. Um, listen to the episode. Listen to the rest of the episode. Listen to the episode. Uh, that's thanks it. for joining us behind the bar. That's that's, that's our it. signing off. That's, We're closing up shop. That's it. Good, goodbye. Get, go, go home. Good day, sir.